Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. God bless you. Okay, so what we what we are heading into today, if if you have um, William's doing the, the slow walk, <laughs> he's doing the shuffle. <laughs> what does Peter Kiss says? The walk to the dance floor shuffle. <laughs> he's doing. Uh, if if you picked up Pete's or Pete's Phil's email today or during the week about today, one of the things that Phil was saying that we were going to be sharing on was around the whole building side of things. There were some thoughts that we have had on the building. We were going to be unpacking some of those today. But as, as the week went on, um, we, we felt that there was just a couple of things we just needed to land, um, just a couple of other conversations just to land just at the beginning of this week, just before we share those, just with the church family. So if you came today really excited to hear about the building, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, you're, you're going to hear me instead uh, sharing just some of our thoughts and that. What that actually meant, however, was so we had been um, at just at felt the word just around that. We weren't just work and Phil that we'd recorded a video. They were for sharing plans through that and some of the things we were thinking about doing. Um, but I felt I had a word around that. But obviously it's not for today. It's not for this now moment. Um, so on Thursday afternoon we made the decision we were just going out where we're going to hold it. So it left me over the weekend thinking, all right, Holy Spirit, so what are we speaking on this morning again? Uh, what, what is it that you want to release? What is it that we want to share? And I, and I felt the Holy Spirit just I had felt them all week, to be honest, speaking around just in specific things. It felt just last week there had been different things that had raised its head and different things that had happened in my own life and the life of the church that it just had been, I've been having like this week-long conversation with the Holy Spirit, to be honest, as, as the week had gone on. And, and I felt the Lord just really said just to share almost that, to share the conversation. So today you're going to get a bit of an insight into my mind and the way I think and the way, the way I process. And I just want to just land some things from this. And what we're going to do as we go through it today, I just wanted to leave some landing points where we can be practical. I'm going to, I'm going to get you guys involved today. So just to give you, to preempt you so we can ease into some of this, you're going to be involved. Now don't freak out, right? When, when I say that, it would be very gentle in what we'll do. Uh, but I just would love us to be involved with this. And uh, I'll explain why as we go through it. So as, as, as we've been journeying through things, obviously there have been loads of stuff that have been, great stuff that have been happening. There have been some more trying things that have been happening throughout the week as well. But one of the things I felt the Holy Spirit starting to speak to me about, because it had almost become a longing in my heart and a prayer this week, it felt time and time again for me personally. I'm owning this. This was for me personally, mainly at the start. But as, as the week went on, my prayers started to turn more for us as a church as well. And I felt that one of the things that I was really pressing into and I felt the Holy Spirit speak about was this idea that when moments become movements, when moments become movements, I've been really praying this, God, in the moments in my life, there's some significant moments that we're sensing, but I just want to believe that there's more. At the... At um, obviously at the beginning of the week as I said there's lots of different things that were, that were coming up but you know over the last number of months we, we've all sensed maybe you've sensed it at different times in your life personally and in the life of the church we've sensed different moments that we've stood in it's different moments different moments where we've experienced God and probably the weekend before in the Tabar gathering that we had here the conference that we ran in church was one of those moments where I felt there was Anybody who was in the room couldn't have left feeling that they hadn't experienced something of, of a moment with God. 
Um, the, the, the gathering, I just wanted just to, we didn't get sharing much on it last week. I wanted just to take a few minutes just to share some of the story. Not in a sense, hear me in my heart of this, the sense of this this morning is not to try and say, this is great, if you weren't there, you missed out. Right? It was just to allow us to see as a family and to hear what God is doing in us as a church family because this is for all of us right? as we go through this. And so what was happening over the course of the, the conference, there was great teaching. Pete Gregg was here and on the Friday morning was teaching just on the different rhythms and expressions of the church, different models, different shapes of what they might be. But it was beautiful. The, the word to bar, you know this, the Irish meaning of it or the Irish pronunciation tober, I think is the proper way to say it. Is, uh, is the Irish word for Springer Wells. You know that in this old base, this was all based in Genesis 26, where we believe that Isaac, uh, we read, sorry, that Isaac um, reopened the old wells of his father Abraham and he dug new wells. And so in the conference, we were getting to experience this. This was not just people from our church, but it was people from the church in Ireland, leaders from the church in Ireland, members of the different churches all came together and it was beautiful. But one of the key moments for me and one of the moments that I look back on with such fondness was this moment when Mark and Shelley were able to stand up and were able to share the heart of this is what God has been doing. We sense God, so even the word that the guys spoke this morning about the going, these guys stood up and embodied it. They're saying, you know, we, we sensed that the call upon our lives to go, we, we wanted to live that out, and we wanted, to, we wanted to, to journey that. And so the guys were sharing about how they had prayer-walked areas for, for months upon months, how then they had moved in, prayer went ahead of it first, then they moved in, and they're living incarnationally within this area, just bringing the good news of the kingdom of God into these areas. And it was beautiful, and you could almost see in the room, you could see these light switch moments. As church leaders set from some of the more traditional churches and even some of the new expressions of churches. And you could see it where it was like, we, we, we could do that. This, this is what it's about. And there started to be, you could almost sense a hunger starting to rise for this in terms of the new wells being dug. And I, this, they, these guys were just were amazing, just in terms of not just in themselves, like saying, oh, aren't we great? But just to say that this is what we sense the Lord saying, and we followed it, and we're going after it, and we're trusting it. And it was beautiful to see. Obviously, there were some other really great seminars as we went through. John Scott was on the prophetic. Pete spoke again. And then Roger Ellis was here speaking on church planting. But one of the beautiful things about the gathering was just relationally, more new relationships were formed as we see the church coming together as one, one of the big things we're talking about this morning, relationships were key to it. And you know what we do in Emmanuel? That's all based around food. And uh, so we had their lunches in the town hall, but on the Friday night we gathered here and we had a bit of a hog roast. So this was the guys all queuing up for it. Uh, there was some lovely food. So if you're going out for meals today, this is just to whet your appetite and get you ready uh, for what that might be. So there was some lovely food and our staff really and elders stepped up a level. So it's the guys were really going to town. Here's Lana. It was like an episode of Dinner Ladies. Uh, giving out the clothes off. And Mervyn and Jerry all in it as well. I, I, I personally just want to honor all our staff and elders. Uh, I think it was one of the things that was remarked um, I'll not tell you the exact language that was used by some people, but they said it was just beautiful to come to a place where people weren't up themselves in terms of leadership. You know, sometimes you see leaders in churches and they just say, well, we're not going to do that. We'll get other people to do it. And I felt it was one of the things that actually led the rhythm of what we were doing on it, to actually see our staff do this and to do it with such honor and delight and joy. So they'd never had 
potato salad or coconut, put on my plate with such joy is <laughs> that moment when Lanny did it. So I, I want to honour the guys as they did it. But it was significance. This was the queue right down to the Littles car park. People queuing up for it. But there was conversations that were happening, relationships that were starting to form. And then that night, what led into was the time of worship and a time when we gathered some of the senior leaders from around the land, the key churches and the key traditions. And they were sharing the heart of what they were sensing God was doing in the land at this moment. And it was beautiful at the end of it. We had this significant time of prayer and intercession where the younger generation were praying for the older generation and vice versa, the fathers for the sons and the sons for the fathers. But the new expressions of church were praying for the traditional churches, the new wells praying for the old. And they turned around and the traditional, the older churches were praying for the new churches. And in this moment, I've never, ever, ever sensed unity in it like never before. It was beautiful. This is a verse that says in Psalm 133, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Listen what it says at the end. It says, For there the Lord has commanded a blessing. Listen, there's a blessing that's released when unity is present. And I can't even put it in words, but you could tangibly feel and experience the blessing that was being released that night as we stood in unity together. As the church in Ireland, coming from our different different ways of doing things, different denominations, we're in together and we're saying, Jesus, you're the one reason we are here. Your kingdom come, your will be done here in Ireland, here on earth as it is in heaven. And there was such an incredible moment that we got to experience. We woke up the next day and we, we journeyed into things again. Lisa led worship. Andrea was here, did an incredible talk, slated me an awful lot about Slimming World and, uh, and things like that as well. But we, we love her, so we'll let her away with it. And uh, it, was, it was beautiful. She actually, she put on this moment, I remember, where she put on this yellow jacket and she gave this prophetic word. It was almost like a weather warning she was given. And she said that she, she released, it was, she had this news, news report about this storm, Gloria. She said prophetically, she felt that this was something that was stirring in Ireland. She said the rain clouds were starting to shift, that there was something that was being released. And in this moment, I remember at the end of it, the first session, leaders, some of these guys who were saying they were the strong pillars in the faith run under the front, weeping, broken, just crying out for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit. There was something significant that was happening in it. And it went into the different seminars. And then at the very end, we had this time of worship that just, there was just joy released in the place. It was crazy. There was people all up dancing all up at the front. Jacqueline had met her match. There was someone with two flags waving at the one time. And, and uh, oh, it was beautiful. It was great to see. It was just, it was, and it was one of those things let me show you this. So even off the back of it, as we went through the weekend, so Andrea's word about how something something prophetically was being shifted in the nation. You could see the fresh, even she said the rain clouds coming. Someone sent us this picture the next day, a picture that they had taken on their phones, and it was this, this cloud that was being, that was in the shape of Ireland, and it was just like... God, we can sense you're doing something. You could sense it when you were here. We've sent, obviously in the last number of years, we've sensed this, we've believed in it. But it was when you arrived at it and you got off the back of it, you just felt this. This was a moment. You felt it was a moment. God was doing something. God is doing something. It was a moment. Let me just see where I'm at. Make it back to my notes. My mind started to think though, because what happened was we, we got in Sunday, it was beautiful, just being together last Sunday, we just felt it continued, and it was continued through the week, but when we got into Monday, you could sense the enemy starting to be at work. It was like in different situations, in different relationships, you could see the enemy at work. You can almost describe it as like all hell started to break loose, because the enemy knew what was happening in this moment, we're going to discuss it in a wee second. 
but you could see even in relationships and different, different, through different people in the church, you could see him starting to get in in a real subtle way to try and distract and to pull us apart. And you see, my mind then started, to, this is where my prayer started to come. This is what's led us to this, this point where I'm speaking this today. And my prayer since the beginning of the week was, God, that, that was a moment. But I, 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 don't want, I don't want us to, and I don't want to be a person that's almost thinking, right, well, sure, I'll wait until the next moment. God, we'll, we'll, it'll be another year. We'll wait. I can't wait until the conference next year until we have another moment. For me, that's not the heart of God, right, for us. They are significant. There was something significant in faith that was released at the gathering of the conference. It was beautiful. But there's, there's a moment that God has for all of us. And what my heart started to ask was, God, I just want more. I believe that there has to be more than this. God, I don't want to wait a long time before I experience moments like that again. And in response, I sense God saying this, I don't want you to live for moments. I want you to live in a moment, a sustained moment, a sustained movement, where those moments are a normal, our daily expectation and reality. I'm not naive as well. I know that we can't live in mountaintop experiences, right, every day of our lives. But there's something of an experience of God that he has for us day and daily in our lives. And here's the thing, whether you're at the conference or not, we all have experienced moments with God. If you are a believer here this morning, the moment that you had that moment with Jesus where you felt him just uh, leading you into that moment of repentance and salvation, that was a moment. The moment you became a Christian was a moment for you. The moment, here's some other examples, the moment where you felt maybe God bring breakthrough or something you had really been pressing into, that was a moment. The moment if you've, if you've had your health restored, if you've, you've um, discovered or received healing, that was a moment. The moment that person you've been praying for, the ping pong balls aren't out today, but the moment that you were maybe praying for someone and that person was saved, that was a moment you experienced God. The moment, even if you're going through some really tough things, Maybe as you've been journeying through it, there's been moments where you've experienced the peace of God starting to rest upon your heart and your mind. That is a moment that you've experienced of God. The moment even you've encountered God in worship and in the Word, they're moments. We've all had moments. But how do we see them not relegated to a moment of history or something we look back on as a moment of nostalgia or a moment that we think is the good old days? But how do we be thankful for moments but be expecting for more? And to press in the more. This is, what, uh, this is what we're told in 2 Corinthians. Paul says this. And we all, with unfailed face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This, this is what happens when we step into a kingdom relationship with God. We are being changed constantly progressing and moving and changing from one degree of glory to another. It's not one moment and then we stop and we talk about this one moment the rest of our lives. The heart of God is for us that we are constantly progressing and changing and moving forward into all that he has for us. But my head starts to go very practical. God, I love that. I know it, but how? How, God, do we live in such a way that these moments that we love, that they just become like a daily daily moment for us? There's, it becomes a movement. There was a prophetic word that was given to us as a church. This was a movement. But how do we live into that? God, we know that that's, that's on you. We're inviting you, Holy Spirit. We believe in you to come and to move in that way. But God, is there certain things in our lives we need to get right that allows us individually, I'm saying this to myself, individually to experience this. And then for us as a church, how do we experience this? So three things, just really briefly, and we're going to be very practical about this as we go through. The first thing I feel that we need to be really clear on is that if we want our moments that we have with God to suddenly become things that we are constantly living into, where it feels like 
It fails. You can feel it. The experience of being in a movement is this. We need to stand firm together and we need to guard unity. We need to stand firm together and we need to guard unity. I'm convinced, I'm convinced this week that this is one of the things paramount to us at the moment we need to be doing. It's one of the most significant things, as I mentioned, about the moment we had last weekend in the conference. Unity was experienced. People experienced it. And yet straight away at the beginning of the week, you could see, as I said, and sense the enemy clearly coming in to try and cause disunity and fractions and lots of different relationships within the, within different relationships within the church family. Phil, you know, last week, as we said, we didn't take time to really reflect on what happened at the conference. And we're like, oh, did we miss a moment? But actually, it was really, you felt the Holy Spirit in it. What Phil spoke on last week, he got up here on the stage just off the back of it and spoke on spiritual warfare. You sense that what happened in that moment, as we look at now what it means in terms of unity, in that moment, the enemy realized that there was something that was shifting and moving at this moment, and he was not happy and was pushing back. And here's the reason why the enemy was just all over this and why we need to guard ourselves in these coming days, because I feel there's going to be more and more and more of this as we press into more of what God is doing in this nation. And for the sake of this nation, as the church, as we press in and we believe and we invite more of the Holy Spirit to move through us to see revival come in this land. Here's why the enemy does not want us to be together. This is why we need to stand firm and to guard our unity because here's what Jesus said about the church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, we are the church. I know we're the church individually, but we're the church together. But what the enemy wants to do is to take us individually aside and to pull us into weakness and to take one or two people out and to cause fractions and disunity and breakdown of relationships between us because he knows if he does that, we lose our strength. Unity is the thing that releases the blessing and when we can be strong together, this is what happens and it frightens the life out of him because he cannot withstand the church. And you know we taught on this when we looked at spiritual armor. When we are the church, we stand with our shield of faith, not just me and my own in my, my wee corner just trying to protect me and myself. It's us together. We are the church together. We stand together in these things. And so the, the whole thing, picture about the Roman army, this was known as the tortoise formation. They, this wasn't a position or, or posture of defense. This was actually a position of advent, of advance. They were on attack with this. They marched forward together. They protected themselves from the blows together, but they stayed united in this reason. We support one another in it. And so this is what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But make every effort to keep the unity. What this is saying is that for us, if we want to live in the moments like this, I want those sort of things to be a normal experience for my children day after day after day after day. I realize that this is something that takes time for us to journey into and we want to believe and for revival and we're praying for it. But for us to do this, we need to, as a church, stand together and we need to make every effort to keep ourselves united. So we're going to look about what this means now. Practically, how do we keep ourselves united? Firstly, we need to be a people that forgive. Phil spoke on this a few weeks ago. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive? Is it seven times? And Jesus says, no, it's 77 times. It's like, Peter, just keep on forgiving. This is what it means to be the church. Freely you've received, now freely give. You have been, for, I have been forgiven much. So when someone rubs me up the wrong way or someone does something really, 
And listen, this is not to downplay any of the things where we felt loss or damaged or hurt or broken. None of these things at all. But you know what? As we step into these things, our position as the church, our first choice is, should always be we want to try to forgive. Because freely we've received, now freely we give. And I know that that is a journey, but I feel it's what the Lord wants to release us into more and more. The thing is, within the body, there are probably people that rub you up the wrong way. Yes? I might be one of those people that rub you up the wrong way. There are people that rub you up the wrong way. So what we need to learn to do is how in the midst of life, in the midst of us outworking our own personalities and different things, how do we stay strong and united? One of the things I feel is this. We need to resolve conflict in love. Before we read this passage, I think it's really important. If, if, someone has, if someone has done something to you that has wronged you in a certain way, I think one of the things that it's really important that you discern and bring to the Lord firstly is to ask this, God, is this, is this a significant issue that I need to speak to this person about? That if we don't get it sorted, it's going to cause damage? Or is this something I'm just frustrated, like I'm going to go and point out the speck in this person's eye when there's a log on my own? God, give me wisdom in this. But you know what? There are certain things that we do need to chat about. And so Jesus says this, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I know Jesus is specifically referencing sin, but this is talking about as well how we relate one to another. When something happens between us, here's the thing we need to realize. We do not go and have a conversation with another person in the church and complain about that person just so that we can our, our vent, our frustration, we have the conversation with that person because here's what happens, right? The person that you're going to have in the conversation with, you're going to say, well, that person did this to me and this is, how, this, this is what they did. This person now has a preconceived idea or mindset made up about that person based on what you said. And this person, the thing that they've done or said to you may not have actually been the thing that they actually meant to do. You've just received it in a certain way. Do you ever get that sometimes? People say things or do things and you've picked them up completely wrong. So suddenly I went and said a thing to this person about this person that this person's like, and that person wasn't that meaning that at all. And if I'd just gone and had the conversation with that person, we'd have got it sorted. <laughs> we'd have had an understanding. And so what Jesus says is, listen, leave everyone else aside at the minute. This is between you and that person. Go and speak the truth in love. And what we're going into in this moment is not going into, right, I'm right, you're wrong, we're going to settle this argument, you're going to see things my way. For the sake of unity, is we need to have a conversation about this, but we want to come out so that we can be together. Because we want to be the church that is united. And listen, I know that it takes patience, it takes a lot of grace, but you know, we've, we've received that in abundance. And so we as the church now need to give away. And so... I feel that this is one of the things that the enemy more and more and more is going to be really trying to stretch us on. And so for 30 seconds, I want you to think, I'm not asking you to do anything about it right now. Think to yourself, is there someone who you maybe feel a sense of, there, there's something within you that you know just isn't right with that person? You're carrying a sense of frustration or you're harboring ill feelings towards that person. Something that's happened.
Again, what we don't need to do at those moments is to run straight away and point the finger and tell that person. It might be something you just need to release in prayer. <laughs> Pray for that person and release them. But there might need to be a conversation that happens. And I would just love to just, I'm challenging myself in this, for the sake of unity in the church and what God is releasing in us and wants to see move into more and more, we just need to be a people that can have those conversations. Guard the unity. Strive for unity in the body. And this is how we do it. It's really important to put this in. I thought it was quite smart, but then it's not really that smart. It says the family who play together, grow together. What I was saying, and this was sometimes in unity, it just means play your part. Don't be expecting everyone else to do everything and sit and do nothing. We're part of the family together. We've chatted about this before, so just get involved. And next week, the guys will be practical about that. How moments become movements again. Pray for one another. Listen, this is crucial. It's great that we can pray to God. And uh, it's great that we can pray for some of the things that are happening in our own lives, but it's great that we can pray for one another. But it's beautiful when we can do that with one another so we can allow a sense of unity to flow through us as we do it. I felt, uh, obviously you know this line, the family who pray together stay together, but I felt the Lord say this to me the last couple of days. How we see a movement is when prayer doesn't get restricted to the organized moments of corporate prayer and prayer room, but gets released organically in the natural flow of conversations and relationships. What I mean by that is, like, we don't just pray for people at the prayer room or in the corporate prayer, but even as we're having conversations and you sense someone needs prayer for something, we pray for them. Like when you're writing tea and toast and you're chatting with someone, it's beautiful that as the church we just, we see pockets of prayer happening at different times because this is what it means to be the church. Jesus said this about the church and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought on the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came into him in the temple and he healed him. I shared this on the Saturday morning of the bar gathering, but I feel that this is one of the things the Lord is restoring to the church and to us. Sometimes it's getting rid of all the rubbish, the religiosity, the things that shouldn't be in the church. But Jesus said it's actually restoring it to what it was. The Lord's house was meant to be a house of prayer. Not just that we would come in and just kneel on our knees just in our own quiet space, but we would be people to pray for one another. And this is something I feel that even at the gathering, it was beautiful just being in moments where just body ministry was happening. And listen, we've had loads of moments like that before as a church, haven't we? But it's just one of those ones, to be honest, it left me just like, God, I would just, I would just love more of this. I love when it happens, but I just would love more of this. I love this to just be a natural part of who we are, that when people come in, they know that this is what they experience in us as a church family, that we're a people who pray, that we're a people who prophesy over one another, that we're a people who release the word of the Lord, because that's what it means to be part of the church. And what I would love to do for five minutes before we finish, I would love us, listen, we're not going to do anything uncomfortable. You can do this with people that you know, but I would love, the guys are just going to put some music on in the background. I would love us just to take a few minutes and to turn, was, be, be good if it was not just the person you arrived in church with this morning, because you'd probably go home with them and you could do this at home. But uh, if you could just turn around in twos or threes, I would love you just to be able to just, if you need to ask someone their name, do that. If you don't feel comfortable praying out loud, we're not pressurizing you to do it. Um, but it would just be great if we felt comfortable enough to be able to do it, but just to pray prayers for one another. If you feel there's a word that you have for someone to release that as well. But I, I would just love us. This is, what, this is what it means to be the church. And I just don't want to relegate at the moments. I just want us to build it as start, something that we just step into more and more and more. So we're just going to leave a few moments and then I'm going to get up with the guys and just finish off just the last part of this. So 
If you feel comfortable, turn around, twos, threes, chat to people, see if there's anything specific in any prayer for. And let's pray prayers of blessing over one another. We're the body of Christ. So let's pray, stand together in unity in these moments. Let's do it.
All right, so let's uh, let, let's start gathering this all in again, can we? So yeah, one of the things that defines the moments like we had last weekend that just again just leaves me hungry and thirsty for more is when that spirit of prophecy and prayer is just released in the house. I love it. And uh, so I just would love more of it. And this is what Jesus says, you know, or we read of in Jesus when he, he puts out all the things that shouldn't be there and reverts it to house of prayer. I love what the, the line says. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple. The blind and the lame up to this point never got a look in in the church. And suddenly when we get rid of the stuff that shouldn't be there and we put in the things that should be, it becomes a house of prayer once again. Suddenly the world are looking in. The people who are in need are looking in. We are the church at that point as we do it. Finally, as we, as we go into this, we're going to break bread in a little second. But final thing, just about how moments become movements. We stay together, tight together, unity, because we recognize that that is that moment where we are the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That we are the church that will pray, that will prophesy, that will minister and release blessing upon one another because we love one another and we choose one another. But in an individual way and corporately, the final thing, how we see the moments that you have had in your life, how you see it increase and you step into more, it's finally around this one. And it's this word, purity. Phil spoke on spiritual warfare last Sunday morning. Last Sunday night I spoke specifically on sexual purity, but we finished by looking at it that the foundation of all of it is spiritual purity. Hunger for the Lord desire for the Lord. Listen to what Peter says. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all kind speech, unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. What happens in moments like we had at the gathering or in moments that you can look back on in your life, they're moments that you can say that you tasted the kindness of the Lord, aren't they? The good times are moments that you're able to sell, but we tasted the Lord's kindness and goodness at that moment. But Peter says this, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. Why? So that you can just have a few more tastes of kindness. He says, no, so that you will grow into a full experience. It's a full experience of this that we want. We are being changed from one degree of glory to another. There's something more for us to grow into in these times. And so what we need to recognize is that this is where we just need to guard our purity. We check our hearts before the Lord. We live our lives right before him. And as we come around the table today, I said this first service, one of the reasons I love, obviously I want to practice this as a daily rhythm, but one of the reasons I love communion, I remember one of the lecturers in college saying this to me and it just brought it to life. I know it reminds us of Jesus. We remember all that he's done. Baptism is a sacrament that speaks of new things. It's the beginning of things. This is a sacrament that we have in the church that speaks of renewal. It reminds us of the need to renew, of to look deep within at those things that aren't right before the Lord and to renew because His grace is sufficient. It's this moment that it isn't about, right, let's, f- let's figure out all the bad stuff that we're doing and then beat ourselves up about it. It's let's get it sorted because His grace is sufficient. And as we gather around the table, Stephen and the guy are going to lead us in worship and then I'll just close off. This is a prayer that I would just love us to be praying. It's a prayer that I think as a posture of our hearts that needs to be day and daily, if we're going to see move, moments become movements, is this prayer of David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, in these moments as you come, you can take a moment even before you come up if you want. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak. And let's... 
Let's just sort it today. <laughs> right? We don't have to have guilt and shame. His grace is sufficient. That's the beauty of Jesus. And so in these moments, even as we come around the table and we remember his, his body broken for us, his blood shed for us, claim it to yourself once again and live into it fully because as we do this, as the church, together as one, praying, choosing, blessing one another and staying pure in our hearts before the Lord, listen, that's when the moments suddenly become more frequent and the moments start to be lived into more regularly and the moments become movements. We start to experience revival. It's our heart, isn't it? It's our heart's desire that we just want to see this nation revive. And so, Holy Spirit, even in this moment of quiet reflection individually, would you speak to us? God, we pray this prayer of David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Try me and, uh, and know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's just take just one moment in your own with the Lord. And then when you're ready, let's just start moving. There's tables at the front and the back. You remember the Lord this morning, and then the guys are going to lead us in worship, and then I'll finish in prayer just before we collect the kids. Come, Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.